To be fair, I am not the one that screamed anal plugs yay at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I got some I got some serious Dr. Cox vibes just now from Mason. For me? Yeah. Who's Dr. Cox? Oh, oh. Yeah. From, I love yeah. I love that show. No, Mason's gonna be Dr. Cox. I don't understand why people there are a lot of people I know that have good senses of humor that knock scrubs, and I'm like that is a really well-written show. Like, also, it's, I can understand. Can we talk about the soundtrack and Scrubs being Scrubs being amazing? It's amazing. That's how I find about the Vin Folds. Everything oh, about nice. everything about that series, except for the the bastardized Shitty, like, last, last season, yeah, it was amazing. I love that show. I just, in my mind, I pretend like it ended when it really should have ended when they thought it was ending. I watched a lot of it in Pittsburgh. We watched a lot of Scrubs. It's such yeah. a good show. War podcast episode fifty-two. Go. Oh. Kitchen cast. <laughs> kitchen cast. Kitchen cast. Kitchen cast. Why are we doing a kitchen cast, guys? Because we don't have our equipment. <laughs> and it's kind of a throwback to episode 17 when we first started doing this. Is that episode 17? That was episode 17. What? All right, Rain Man. Do you go yeah, to right? What are the numbers? How many cheese balls? <laughs> five. Five cheese. Five cheese. Definitely. Um, hey, guys. Oh, hey. my God. We're sitting in the same Holy room again. This is great. Man. I know. But uh, shout out to Dylan. Yeah. Dylan but we're still, we yeah, we're still not complete. We're, we're closer to complete. But Dylan is off on a secret mission in the Missouri. wilds of Missouri. Missouri. He's out in the swamp with an airboat. Is there swamps in Missouri? Is that what goes on there? I think so. That's I not the Missouri. Like farm I'm pretty sure Missouri is all corn and cow. Yeah. Okay, no swamps. Just Are you no thinking of Louisiana? Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. thinking of uh, Dagobah? <laughs> <laughs> that was really nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're the wrong place for yeah, dirty references. Yeah, right. No, can't, can't be having dirty references on a podcast about video games. I have <laughs> an image to uphold. You do. As the... Uh, you're uh, the cool one. Yeah. The cool Non-nerdy, preppy rower guy. As I sat and just quickly <laughs> exited out of World of Warcraft. <laughs> You're the cool Wait, one. Wait, hold on. Dylan's the smart one. Mason, have you I'm started, the old one. Have you started using Alex again? Is the... I started using again. I just Whoa. turned it on. I thought you were a little scratchy this morning. Oh, okay, 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 withdrawal. okay. Hold on. Let's hold, talk what I've done this morning. On. Let's talk. I woke up mm-hmm. at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. I rode mm-hmm. very far. Mm-hmm. I then did freelance work. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I played 30 minutes to see what was going on. I think it's probably better by you, though, just because Dan and I tend to yell. Um, Mason, we're concerned about your World of Warcraft addiction. It's not an addiction if I haven't played in, like, Five fucking years. Sounds like something an addict. It's not an addiction yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Did you play the new expansion? It's not out yet, but oh, they okay. changed all the classes. So I made. Mm. Uh, I don't. My account got like super hacked. Could we like play together? Yes, that's what I'm saying. And it's free up to level twenty, so we can all make characters and dance on mailboxes because that's about what the game's good for. <sighs> Man. And it's on Mac, so we can just play it right center. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a slippery slope. Yep. It's what I do like seeing is that that game's art direction is so good. Like yeah. it just looks, it's just it's like being in a big theme park. Like all the environments are just crazy and like stupid, and everything's huge, and it's just it's got a good look. So I, I never a paladin, a paladin sweet, nice. I never played it, and what I know about it is you know secondhand at best. What what about that game drew you into it for so long? I I like the dungeons. I mean, I like doing those. I haven't done any since I started up again. But they're like these five man. It's just like being a D and D party. Yeah, 
and you have a healer and a tank and DPS and there's teamwork and you get dope loot. Um, and like the world is just enjoyable. It's like being in a theme park. And I think also like World of Warcraft is a perfect game if you want to play and do other shit like listen to podcasts or audiobooks. Nice. So I don't know. I'm kind of in a holding pattern just because I can't settle down on playing anything. But I think I'm going to get Deus Ex next week because everyone says it seems like it's getting pretty favorable reviews. Nice. Looks pretty. I like. Uh, I want to play in Frog. It's in Frog. Which is oh, that's cool. cool. That's cool. I'm excited yeah. for it. But I need to clear off some of the stuff on my list first. I just installed uh, Bloodborne. I am a fan of Bloodborne. Yeah, I'm excited. That and um, I need some serious help playing Dark Souls because that game is kicking my ass. <laughs> Really? The game kicks everyone's ass. I, to be fair, I've only pl- tried the the first non-tutorial mission a couple times. <clears throat> um, Dark Souls 3? Dark Souls 3, yes. What are you looking for, Mason? I'm thinking of, uh, trying to think of what where you would be. The, um, the bridge. Undead Bird, is that what it's called? No. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but if you go left, it's... Oh, the big now. dragon burning fire down it? Yep, that's the right. Uh, or that's God, the left. What's that place called? Um... Michigan. Yeah, it's Michigan. Missouri. Um, <laughs> the Swamps of Missouri. <laughs> the Swamps of Missouri. By the way, so I need to play those games. Um, I've been pl- I just played Telltale Batman, which I'm really stuck to talk about. Um, the floor is yours, Mr. Rice. <laughs> so, without getting into spoiler territory. Um, Do you care about spoilers? Are you going to play Telltale Batman? I would like to play Telltale right, Batman. Cool. So, what I can well, say... Because I'm not going to play. <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk spoilers. What I can say is that this is very much a Bruce Wayne game. It's, I'd say, 60-40... Bruce Wayne to Batman, and um, it's a you know it's a kind of Batman game we haven't seen before because you know you're used to being the the rocksteady version of Batman, just being the shit out of people. And this is very much you know like what do you say as Bruce Wayne that will change your role and objectives as Batman, hmm. um, which is really really cool to see. So would you say that as a comic book? A very big comic book fan, obviously. Yeah. As a very large comic book. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a large book. living talking comic book. No, but would you say that as a as a big comic book fan your whole life, is this the closest video game approximation to the comic books? Because oh, it sounds absolutely. to me like, like you know, when you look at the comic books, so much of that narrative is that internal narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking about this with someone the other day. We were talking about Deadpool. And obviously how Deadpool has a lot of internal narrative in the comics and and even breaking the fourth wall and all of that and how that that movie succeeds so well at kind of grasping what a comic book is like and how you would translate that to to film i think that with video games so much of the so much so many video games that rely on comic book properties rely on the action which is mm. which is a very small part of of comic books oh, yeah um, but I was thinking to myself, having not played Telltale yet, uh, Batman yet, that it seems like an ideal medium to translate comic books into um, video game properties. Would you say, having played it now, that you feel that that is the case? Totally. Um, and for for context, I think Deadpool is one of the few properties that gets the you know thought bubbles and 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 thinking to yourself thing right. I don't really like that as a trope. I, I feel like that's kind of an excuse to just fill the pages with action and have the character do exposition mm-hmm. thinking. Um, Telltale handles that really nicely. A, you know, a lot of your conversations will be with Alfred or um, you know one other character, but at the very least, they're doing the exposition through interaction with other characters rather than relying on Bruce just thinking to himself. Yeah. Um, 
Let me ask you this, um, kind of taking it away from the Batman side of things, but just knowing that this is their first game, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is their first game with the new engine. Yeah. Um, how, because I think, you know, we've talked about on the podcast before, one of the, especially I think one of Mason's qualms is that the facial animations in the during dialogue um, is very forced or, or choppy. It doesn't cardboard. feel... Yeah. Cardboard. The walk cycles are so... Oh, walk cycles. So, so okay, is, so given that, yeah. how is this how is this new so um, engine? It is much better than the previous engine. It feels great. It's still a telltale game. Like, you know, they're still... You still feel like you're on a, like, mechanical system. It's not... Mm-hmm. It's not entirely fluid. It's not like watching a um, Ubisoft game with full mocap. But it, is, it does feel a lot better. Uh, the action in particular feels a lot less choppy. Um, really fluid. Um, I just don't know if I'm... Um, the action provided by Telltale Games is the action that I want out of a game. You know what I mean? Because just quick time events. Yeah. For me, it works for some things. I thought it worked really it, well at the end of episode one of Borderlands. In yeah. Death Rally. It worked really well really there. Cool. Um, it, there are some moments in the Game of Thrones one where it works really well. Um and I'm not saying I'm a not lot of the ones in it. The Walking oh, Dead yeah. seasons one and two, it does not work really well. Um, and so I think finding that balance. I, I think for Telltale, it works here. Mm-hmm. But if you if you don't like quick time events, you're yeah. You know, well, sure. Like the other thing is like I just don't, I don't know if I find that interaction method interesting yeah. as a player. So you're not a fan of Resident Evil Six? <laughs> but I uh, see, I am a fan of Resident Evil. Like I don't mind contextual actions to yeah. kind of add flourishes to mm-hmm. moments. But there's a there's a interesting loop involved in yeah. RE4. Um, Four and five do contextual events really well. Six I, six just goes overboard. It's six yeah. just, so I've only played little bits of it. I'm actually going to I'm gonna sit down and play the whole thing mm-hmm. in the next couple months because it well it got re-released, remastered on no, for, no, for no, Xbox no, One. About it. Um, I'm just laughing at you because it's funny to laugh at you about I know. You're, you're going to sit through Resident Evil 6. I know. but um, Some people actually hold it in like some people, well, that's why I'm giving it a second try. I bet, because you, I bet you you'll play it. And I'll be like, probably it's play it and be like, it's really enjoyable. Uh, and that's why I'm doing it. And you're going to it for this, like, it's like a, not a comfort food, but it's like, I want to play something that I'm familiar with and yep. I enjoy. Yep. And I, and I want to play it before January when, when 7, seven comes, comes out. out. But mean, back, to, back to Telltale Batman. Um, would, w- did you play the whole, you played all five episodes? So, or six well, episodes? First, first one is out. Okay. Um, oh, right. That's, right, it yeah. just got released. I'm an idiot. Um, okay. I should jump on that now yeah. then so that we can continue to talk about it yep. as I will I will do that. I think it's gonna come out every two months or so. It's about right for yeah. Telltale. Usually usually just, usually I, it takes yeah, them think, about ten months to a year to release the whole property. A part of me thinks that's cool and kind of like the way Hitman released his content, but I also have serious withdrawal when I finish the episode. Well the thing is that I really like say what I will about Taytale Taytale about me not enjoying Telltale games is not to say I don't enjoy Telltale stories like I you know just because I don't like playing them and like my favorite thing like I played Tales of the Borderlands and I finished it and I went through episodes four and five back to back yeah and I'm gonna kill me I'm gonna do do I'm gonna do that before our next podcast so that when we have Dylan back we can finally talk about that episode four um so we can talk about yeah I'm gonna finish the ones that I haven't finished but I know you did feel good about the story at least yeah no no I mean I I, dude Telltale Tales of Borderlands 
I feel fine with the product. Like it, it, yeah. it made me like the Borderlands well, we, franchise more. And we've established already many times on this podcast that that Telltale model of gaming is not a Mason Brown nope. kind nope. of nope. kind of game, and that's and yeah. that's fine. We we know that we're never going to expect that. Well, and one thing I want to talk about with that is that you're talking about is this game the uh, is this the comic book? Is this a uh, an arbiter of that form or like a, a, a faithful? Uh, is it true to so, comic yeah. books? Whereas I would argue that like some of the best, my favorite comic book games are the ones that make you genuinely, which if this is that Bruce Wayne simulator, then a Telltale model might be the perfect thing to make you feel like Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. But to me, the game that would be uh, the Batman simulator is the one where like I'm in fucking, I'm the, being a detective. And yeah. I'm figuring shit out. Yep. And, and parts of Arkham Asylum had that that I really so, liked. Telltale Batman has that. That's cool. I've heard that. See, I've heard I, it. I heard. Yeah. I heard that it has less detective stuff. Though. It's um, so it's not like I think what you want and what I want is is very much a. I want an adventure hand, game right. detective style fucking like, thing. Hands off. Here's the detective stuff. Go figure it out yourself. I want like L.A. Noir. Like I'm going right. into yeah. space. Yeah. Like, I would love that. Putting together and like you and then like you get like sweet little hints like oh shit Joker's involved. Yeah. Got to go get the bat tank. <laughs> yeah, um, I think this has more detective stuff than any of the Rock City games, but still not at that point. I love the Rock City Batman oh, games. I do, yeah. I do too. I genuinely, I think, I, I think Arkham Asylum might be one of my favorite games. Are you gonna buy the uh, the remaster? Um, I'm gonna play your version of um, Arkham. Yeah, that's uh, that's night. I liked I Arkham Knight, that, and I liked Arkham too, City. That's on my list to finish in the yeah. in the very near future. Arkham Asylum just felt like a Metroid game to me so much yeah. that like it just hit this like, and it, it felt yeah. true to Batman in a way that I think the City and, and Night maybe didn't as much. I, see, I love. I didn't play Asylum. Admittedly, I loved City. I just, thought dude, City was great. City's great, but I think if you play Asylum, like take City and just cram it all into one building. Yeah, and really have this building get fleshed out and like. Arkham Asylum and City does this cool thing where you see the nightwear on Batman as it goes. Yep. But Asylum, like, it makes sense that like in City, I'm like, why does he just go change suits? Yeah. Like, he can go home. But yeah. in Asylum, like he's he locked in the building. I will say one of the things that I I probably should play Asylum is I've realized about myself that while I do love open world exploring games, I have to limit how many of them I play in a year because they get very draining on me. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I think that ever since, I mean, GTA 3, certainly, but I really think San Andreas was the first one where every game after that, it felt like every game was trying to have this bigger scope. They were trying to be bigger, bigger maps, mm-hmm. more to see, more to find. And, you know, sometimes that can be really tiring and tiresome oh, yeah. and and sometimes i want that claustrophobic feel it's like give me a lot of stuff but give me a lot of stuff that's it feels contained because then especially as an adult where you have a busy life where sometimes you don't want to feel overwhelmed by the game you're playing mm-hmm. that's a good way to not feel overwhelmed and that's a good way to keep you playing because you feel like it's manageable it doesn't feel holy crap what the hell am i going to do next because there's just so many things i could do well, you know, you, 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 know you, what you should play Shadow Complex. Shadow oh Complex? Oh my god, yes. Shadow yes. Complex, yes. You should play, everyone should play Shadow Complex, but... Cool. Shadow Complex is great, and it's like a, it's, you can burn through the game in like six hours too, but it's like... Or you can take your time with it. And... Or you can play it like 40 fucking hours like I did. <laughs> the, um, the funny thing is that I think in game design, you've seen, we had this pendulum swing for a little bit where the, uh, 
roller coaster, first person shooter, direct mm-hmm. experience. We went super hard in that direction for a few years, and for then sure. towards the end of the 360 generation and into the new gen, uh, the current generation, uh, the Ubisoft open world formula kicked in, and every game is open sure. world, and every game wants to be a Skyrim or a, um, a GTA, Assassin's Creed, right? And I think that now you're going to see that pendulum swing back the other way again. With I think uh, kind of like what would be like a linear. All the games coming out are still open worlds. <laughs> Never mind. But I think that yeah. I think that there's a that, that desire is also indicative of your adult lifestyle, but also that we're playing a lot of we're playing more open world games now than we ever had. Yeah, but I, I also know. think I think as a counter to that, I think we're also playing more indie games now than we ever have mm-hmm. that don't have that open world style. That's true. And I think a really good example is the game that I really want to talk about that I've been playing is I know Alex mentioned wanted to talk about it is Inside. Yes. So, and that's a game. Well, that's a game where a development team took two years or more than that. Four. When did Limbo come out? Five years ago. Limbo. Years ago? Limbo came out like six years ago. Either way, that play dead. Literally, you can. And I've only seen little bits of it, but like you can see, six years went into this. Yeah. So I can. I, well, what I wanted to say. How long did it take you to finish? I would say it probably took me. I did it over two or three days. Probably like seventy-two five, hours, five or six hours. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe like four, max four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I will what I will say about it before we get into anything talking about the specifics of the game is I honestly cannot think of another game that I would liken more closely to fine art in the history of video games. And you I know Journey? that is I've I've heard Journey is very similar. I've heard Journey is very similar. It might be for different reasons, but Journey, uh, yeah. Journey to me feels like an art piece as much. Yeah. Right. And, but a really and, good game is art piece. And Inside is yeah. uh, Inside is a great game uh, as art piece, but I, I, I just... It's one of those things that even just the... Every, every element about it feels so carefully... There isn't a single moment in that game where you don't feel like... There's they thought through. There's someone's mm-hmm. touch on it. Yeah. Every element of visual design is breathtaking. Mm-hmm. The sound design is fantastic. The narrative for a game that has two buttons and a joystick and no dialogue at any point. Uh, no text. Nothing. Now, now, if you've played Limbo, which I'm sure a lot of people listening have, this shouldn't necessarily come as a surprise. And I will say that this game, there are moments where you're like, okay, this is obviously Limbo 2.0. But that's not a bad thing because Limbo is one of the best games ever made as well. I, I would argue. Well, I, down with Dylan would agree with you on that. Well, I don't think he liked Limbo. I never played it because of the giant spider. It. Who was it? We talked about it on the podcast. I thought I that some people weren't. I was. I love Limbo. So, so the thing with the thing with Limbo that you have to like is. Also, you, I don't think Limbo stands up as well. Apparently, I see. I've heard. Limbo. I've heard that it stands up pretty well. I've heard that it, it plays well with repeat playthroughs, but I haven't done it. Um, I think the thing with Limbo. So I love Limbo because the art direction alone had me sold from the beginning. But I also what look at my two favorite genre or my two favorite games or game series of Resident Evil and, and Legend of Zelda. And the two things they have in common are really hard puzzles and really simple yet intricate puzzles mm-hmm. at the same time simultaneously. Especially when you look at Resident Evil 1, like early Resident Evil, and you look at... Um, like Ocarina of Time, uh, mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda, you have these puzzles that are, they give you credit as a player, as a player right. 
And Limbo does that exceptionally well. And Inside takes that to another level. Um, level two? I would say 2.0. Um, but I think I think the thing that with Inside is you need to be aware of all of that before going into it. Because I was trying to look at this game, and I enjoyed it a lot. I know that critics have very much enjoyed it. The art direction is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, the puzzles are very well made. Mm-hmm. There. That being said, there were a lot of moments where I was playing it where I said to myself, I can imagine a lot of people not liking this game. Because, and, and this is kind of where I make that fine art comparison as well. Like when you study fine art photography, there are a lot of fine art photographs that until you start studying fine arts and you start studying fine art photography, they don't look all that special. You, there are a lot of photographs where you'll look at and say, wait, that, that photograph is, you know, $200,000. I don't think it's exclusive to fine. I think you look at any, any routine or not routine, but any like sports in the same way. Sure. You don't appreciate a lot sure. about really high-level athletes until you do it. But I think I think with video games, many video games strive to have a universal appeal. Mm-hmm. And I think that that certainly comes from... I mean, movies are the same way. We've talked about that on this movies and music a lot on this podcast as well. And I think that a lot of, especially AAA titles, are trying to find that balance that the most people will enjoy it. I don't think that the developers at Play Dead did that. I oh, think they made the game not. they wanted yeah. to make. They did it really well. And for the right people, it is a phenomenal game. Now, that being said, I can also see how, how people would get frustrated or bored or leave it really quickly. Um, but there's something really magical about it that had me pretty much wanting to play it again as soon as I finished it. Um, and I don't think I've felt much out of a game that way, since maybe playing Firewatch, I think was the last time that I finished I was thinking about it the other day, about yeah. how, how Firewatch delivered in a way that I really enjoyed. Firewatch made me feel things yeah. when I finished well, it. Well, I, I, I really, I think I like Firewatch the farther I get from it, too. Mm-hmm. You Agreed. know what I mean? Oh, for sure. As soon as I was done with Firewatch, I was mad about it. But I, I, I went through phases of how I thought about it. But, um, so what are your thoughts on Inside, Alex? I think, so, this game... Firewatch. These are games that demand a set of, like a level of maturity from the player to not Absolutely. require instant gratification or um, instant feedback, and to take their time and enjoy the experience and, and appreciate the details. Because every single frame of this game is packed with so much detail that it is like a fine art piece. You have to stand there and take it all in. And the and, camera work alone was just phenomenal for a side scroller that wasn't really side scrolling because right, the framing camera stuff. is is the, just the use of camera was masterful i do i do think that the fine art comparison is 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 interesting but i also think that you guys aren't giving credit to I think there's a lot of people that play games that don't know they would enjoy an experience like inside oh I, i'm and not, I'm not, oh, I'm not saying, saying people, people but can i'm saying enjoy i'm this. saying that you can i think that what's in, what maybe what I would take is more interesting about Inside is that Inside can be enjoyed at so many levels. The way that right, you know, and and whether it's fine art or whether it's like really really good cooking, you know, what I mean, like sure, there are things going on in that game that are beyond the immediate what you're seeing and what you're doing. But good cooking, I think, is a good comparison because how many times, especially in in smaller cities, having been in the restaurant industry, there are, there are diners who they equate value with portion size. Right, they go out. And they say, I went to this place and I spent $20 on this meal and it didn't fill me up. Therefore, it's not good. I, it's not good. 
when in reality, the, the chef may have put together this masterful combination of ingredients and cooking technique that created something better than it was greater than the, the sum was greater than the whole of the whole is greater yeah, than some of the parts. You know what I'm saying? Words. Um, words. Words are hard. Words are hard. But um, I think that the thing in that analogy is that it's okay that there are people that that restaurant is not meant for. Yeah. Oh, and, totally. and, and so when I say, I'm, I, I agree with you, Mason, that I think there are a lot of people who would like this game, but I also think there are a lot of people who would see that this game got a bunch of 10s and 100s and right, five and stars like, what the fuck? And, get, and play it and be like, what the hell? I just wasted 20 bucks. Because it's not for them, I mean, but that, I think that's it's okay. On them to, you know, to go out and find information beyond sure. the symbol. Sure, but I think it's okay. Yeah. To, I think it's okay that we recognize that it's okay to make games that are not for yeah, everyone. And this is not but a game for. But everyone. I don't think that's a new concept either. Like, no, I think no, that, no, 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 no. And I'm not saying you. I'm not. No. I'm not saying you're saying that. I just want to make it clear that, like, I think I don't want to take away from other developers that that have been pushing. Oh that. no! And like, games are in a really cool space now. Where like, because we were arguing oh, the other day. And someone brought up Metacritic scores, and I haven't given a shit. And I know you you use Metacritic. I'm not like no, pointing at you. Um, I'll do. I but I'm I saying think before we met, I went on a very very long internet rant about Metacritic. So oh. that that's a rabbit hole for us to go down either now. So or either time. way, my point is, is right. that I you know I will go to Rotten Tomatoes to see if a movie is like genuinely favorable. Sure. But like I haven't give a shit about game reviews or anything in, in such a long time because I think that games are moving to the point. Where like movie reviews is if it's generally favor- favorable, it's probably a decent product. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I do want to know from a. I think that Inside is a. Um, it's it sounds impressive, right? Like what what did it like? What are the things that you guys played that just like? And I mean, don't worry about spoiling things for me, but like, what's like a moment that like? So or not maybe not like the moment. I know there's like one big heel turn in that game that everyone talks about. Well, there are well, there are a couple big heel turns in that game, but I'd say actually, yeah, okay, there is one really, really big heel so turn. So we're gonna spoil something about inside. We're, but I think I want to hear I want to hear the okay. context of like why you guys and, enjoy it so much because I think it's sure. it's more yeah. interesting to talk about what they did so well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think this is indicative of just the games I've been playing lately. I've been gravitating towards games that make me feel a lot of things with minimal effort. You know. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, we're like, sorry, sorry, let me, let me, let me rephrase this. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, oh, God. No, so... <sighs> I hate you guys. So, Inside does a really good job at um, invoking different emotions with you know, no dialogue, mm. uh, no music. Um, mm. and, um, very carefully selected yes. moments of music. Yeah. And just obscene violence sometimes. Uh, obscene oh, violence. For oh, for sure. Oh, my God. It's a, it's a twisted game. But, so I'm going to talk about the opening. Um, spoilers? So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, anyone listening, I want you guys to tell me what is so incredible about it. So you start this game as this little boy running through the woods. and you, Just like how I started life. Just like, exactly. <laughs> you should really play this. This is actually, it's, it's your life story, basically. Yes. Yeah. what this game is. So, <laughs> it like opens and it's like me giving a, a presentation. It's like, let me tell you about my family. <laughs> I would play that game. You very quickly realize you're running from something. And you see all these, you know, unmarked police units taking other children away. And it's clear you're running for your fucking life to get away from mm-hmm. these people. That's interesting. What, what did you take from it? I thought you were running to something. Oh. I thought but it continues. Yeah. See, but that furthers the fine. Like that to me, it 
comes at you with a perspective, but there's so many, there's so much room for interpretation too. And that's what I, one of the beauty, the beautiful yeah. things about this game and is the entire thing is so ambiguous that you yeah. have your own experience. And that's with how it, I felt but, about Limbo too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And when you know it, it teaches you how to get through the game by you fucking up, obviously. And when you get taken by one of the the police dogs or the policeman, you you feel sick like like oh my god you know these people are taking me away and especially later on in the game once you see where mm-hmm. all this stuff is ending up and where people are being taken are they be, are they are they taken inside they are taken inside okay it's very um it's very uh brave new world kind yeah, of yeah i got like kind of an orwellian vibe from mm-hmm. it for sure yeah. for sure so this wasn't the most emotional scene for me but the coolest fucking part of this entire game was the I guess, blast fields, whatever you want to call it. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Where the explosions and you have to stay behind something to not. Oh, the sound, the sound waves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the, like, so, the percussive sound waves. So you get to this area where they're blasting it, they're shelling it. And mm-hmm. it's far enough away that the only things that are reaching you are the, the shock waves. Um, but That's they're cool. But they're strong enough to rip you to bits. And the, what they do with this sound in, in this game is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It's like dead silent, like a vacuum, and then the sound or like hits. when you go later in the game, when you're in that one room in the laboratory, that you have to like adjust the, the way the, the water fills with the room. The, the inverse floating bodies. Or the inver- well, yeah, but it's after the inverse floating bodies. Um, <laughs> I really just wanted to say inverse floating bodies. <laughs> but it is, it, is, it is inverse water. Um, and then you have to oh, pull man. the one crate in. Um, but you're, That puzzle was so hard. But it, it, but it pulls you in, and you as the player are watching it from the observation window of this like laboratory yeah. room. And so the whole, the whole sound is silent. Except you hear like just a little, like a computer roar. But but I actually had to check the the volume on my TV to make sure that it didn't just stop. Yeah. Because there was no ambient noise. You couldn't hear your jumping. You couldn't hear your moving. You couldn't hear the water sloshing. And then as soon as you get out, it's like that the sound opens back up again. Um, little things like that, sound design wise, that I so appreciated that I thought. Well, I think that's hearing you guys talk about that that opening and your reaction to the sound of the sound, like that those moments. I think that's a really good example of ways that games can approach um, telling a story mm-hmm. that no other medium can. No other game, no other, no movie can tell you the inside. You, you, yeah. Would oh. you agree with that? Oh, like, absolutely. And like, that's why I think, and not to go back to the Telltale stuff, but like, I think when I see games like Inside or like Limbo or, or Firewatch, like I had to play Firewatch to feel like I was losing my mind. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, there, and, and that's where I get most excited about storytelling in games. It's like, in lesson, I, like I said, Tales of the Borderlands, fucking cool story, really funny, good. I don't think it's bringing anything new to the table in terms of ways to tell you a story or ways that, I, I think I could watch a Tales of the Borderlands movie. Medium. Yeah. And I hate the same experience. I could not watch the Firewatch movie. No, no. Or read the Firewatch no. book. And right. if you gave me a screenplay of Firewatch, it wouldn't hit me the same way that I literally thought I was... Yes, the, the character is crazy. Yes, that's fucking sweet. And yes. like that's well, and and with Inside, they and that t- hearing that makes me want to play Inside more than anything. Inside else. touches on some philosophical questions that, again, mm-hmm. you can only experience by playing it. Right. What one of the ways that you solve puzzles, um, later in the game, uh, you see people kind of being transformed into these zombie-like humanoid brain dead things they're like shells of people and 
there are these certain things where you as the as the boy can hook your like brain your brain channel. up to a yeah terminal, I, think I saw a video with that in it and you can control how these these masses are moving that's interesting and without going into the specifics of it there's a secret hidden ending that relates to that I don't know if you know about this Alex so I had the I had the fucked up ending. Yeah, they're both I, fucked up. Okay, but I, okay. I think I just had like the default ending. You didn't go back to the corn. You, did you get all the orbs and go back to the cornfield? Uh, <laughs> That's a very video game statement. <laughs> Wait, orbs and cornfield? Then no, you haven't experienced. Yeah, played the um, game. Holy shit! So there are there's thirteen orbs that you collect in really oh, random places. Okay, if you get all like, of them, I got like five or six. Of them. Yeah, if you get all of them, and I had to look this up. I did not. I did not actually. And then you go into myself. the final and then you go, thing. No, then you go back to, like, the second area in the game. And in the cornfield that you run through for a really long time, there's a hatch. You go down into the hatch, and there's a special ending. But the special... Is, is Desmond down there pressing the Yes, button Desmond is down there pressing the button. Um, from lot. Assassin's Creed? Oh. Assassin's no, from, from, from Lost. Uh, you guys um, are going to get a lot of Lost references out of me over the next few weeks. But, uh... The time of year. The, <laughs> lost again. The point oh. that the game tries to make with <laughs> controlling, um, when you use these controlling caps and with this special ending, is it really starts to question you as a, a game player in control of someone who is then in control of these things, and do you really even have any control at all? Oh, and it, cool. it, oh. It, I'm not going to go really. I, I I can guess as what it is. It, well, it's it's really ambiguous. So honestly, I don't know. And there are a ton of theories out there that I was reading this morning about what it is. And 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 some people. I mean, there are people that are theorizing that what happens at the very end of it of this special ending that makes inside is actually a prequel to Limbo. Limbo. Yeah. Um, there are oh, people that cool. are theorizing. I mean, and so there's a lot of this philosophical ambiguity. That I think draws on some fantastic ideas, but again, like like you were saying, Mason, when we first started talking about this, this is a game that, because of its ambiguity, but because of its precision and and well thought out, well crafted ambiguity, right. two different people can play it and have very different uh, interpretations, interpretations yeah. very different emotions, and that requires and a a dedication to tact and craft and absolutely to make that happen. Like you and, can't if it. If it comes across as vague and it's poorly executed, it just it seems feels like, like a waste shoddy. of time. Um, but there's no moment here. And movies do that really well. There are movies that do there that. Are that have ambiguous. Absolutely. I can't think of any right now, but like that have endings that are satisfying but also ambiguous. Right. You know what I mean? I can't like Pokemon the first movie, obviously. No, but there. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, two things. I don't that, know, so. I, uh, uh, um. Inception is a great example. Right, yes. Inception. right. He's spinning you're the top, and you, and you and you're like, is he in the dream? Is he not? Does he not care? Is it because he was with his family? He's like, I, I know I'm in a dream, but because you know that's his thing to know if he's in a dream, and it cuts away, and it's intentionally ambiguous to make you not well, know the answer. It's also fun. Um, like it's fun as an audience yeah, to experience yeah. that, and you're like, well, fuck, what the fuck? But um, DiCaprio. Uh, two other things about the game, uh, without talking about the ending the normal ending mm-hmm. that was weird mm-hmm. um, it was so weird and then um the later uh, so you are much harder to scare than i am i hate water sections oh that i oh, I, yeah. I hate the ring and holy fucking yeah God, the first time that happened I, I i freaked out she yeah there's this creature that chases you that's kind of like the girl from the ring 
in the water. A- in the water. It's a lake and of water thing. You're you not can gonna like certain monsters in Dark Souls. No, I I know the way you're talking about the centipede yeah, lady that thing. Fuck that, that shit. That thing made me like. Ew. Yeah. My thing is, I Google image search any enemies first, just so Ooh. I kind of like warm myself up to it because I know I'm going to like lose my shit and throw my controller off the screen if I don't know it's kind of coming. really you have a very like visceral reaction to it I love like seeing like fucked up like for some reason, like I don't like monsters in movies I, I do more so now than I used to like as a kid I hated it but like in video games I've always been like I guess because you nine times out of ten your reaction to monsters and Gideons is to kill them so like I'm always yeah. coming from a place of empowerment I guess that's empowerment yeah that's yeah empowerment. that's empowerment um well, the thing I love about the Dead Space series is that I had it kind of struck that balance between feeling totally vulnerable and also empowered. At least the, the you first played Dead one. Space two, right? The, yeah, the second the second one, and definitely not the fucking third one. It but you played you didn't away. play one though. I did play one. Okay, one's the one I felt more alone in one, and more like I was yeah. because one does this fucked up thing where so the the monsters travel through the vents of the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh. So when you're playing, they'll just make the noise like it's coming through a vent, yeah. but nothing happens. Yeah. And you're like, well, what the fuck? So now you're just like so a stupid good. player character just running around a hallway trying to look at all the vents. Um, Dead Space is a good game. Dead Space is a good game. But also, like, I do think that the... How is it thing fight? Oh, because we were talking about book dialogue in Life is Strange. And we should get Dylan on that too. I need to finish the first episode so I can really... Uh, and you guys I, should I finish it too. played it yeah. this morning. Um, I played a little bit of it this morning. And we don't have to talk about the dialogue of it, but I want to say that like Firewatch... I never was there once a moment where I felt like any of the dialogue, the delivery, or the writing took me out of it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. And like regardless of, of, of the tone or whatever, I'm not, I'm not saying that, I'm saying... Firewatch was so well executed in that regard. And there are little things about Firewatch that I wish, like, there's a lot of invisible walls and, like, mm. the scope mm. of the world. And there could have been more. But even then, like, I would play. If someone was like, it's like Firewatch, I would play that. Yeah. yeah. I like, agree. 10 times out of 10. I agree. Um, My, Firewatch is a good fucking game. Like, I, yeah. I, I have a lot of appreciation for that game. And I, I think I'll go back to that game mm. to play mm-hmm. it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I really want to do, I actually want to have my wife. Play it. No, I think, and I play with Sarah. And watch it, and I want to watch her play it because she's someone weird shit you do on your own. (laughs) No, but so she's an author, and and narrative is a huge thing for her, and I think she would appreciate it. Um, But I also would be curious to watch that game as a bystander versus someone who is making those decisions. And also someone playing it who doesn't play a lot of games. True. When I was thinking about that when we were were having our our earlier um, discussion. About Inside. And I was thinking that, you know, the cool thing about Inside is it doesn't matter. Inside's going to reach us without yeah. a problem. You yeah. know what I mean? Inside's going to reach the game's critic sphere. But the games that I think like Firewatch and Inside, it's it's how do you get them in front of larger audiences who would appreciate mm-hmm. that, but maybe are turned off from all the traditional games, mm-hmm. the yep. larger scale yeah. games. Yep. Or, you know, and it's kind of like how... And to me, it's like, man, if Nintendo somehow published a game like Inside yeah, it's true. and put it on a Nintendo system or yeah. and, and got it in front of a bunch of kids and then showed it to their parents, like, and it doesn't have to be as dark as Inside, but like, you could take that level of, of dedication that you were talking about earlier, that level of craft, yeah, yeah. apply it into a, a context that could get to more eyeballs, and like, I think you... Nintendo's I think that, a good example if you want to talk 
big scale craft money driven mm. company that that does not settle when it comes to craft. They're Except the, for they're, Metroid Prime Federation. Well, it looks like the biggest fucking garbage heap. I know, but that on DS. The DS games they come out this week. I will say, I will say, more often than not, Nintendo's a good example. Of Nintendo that. polish but, um, is a thing because like, they people poli- talk about right, polish, and right. you're right. Like when and when game companies go out of their way to deliver, it shows. Yeah, you see it on screen. Yeah, we can go whenever. Um, I have to put pants on. <laughs> Once again, we're ready to leave. And, and Mason, Mason needs to put pants, pants up. Um, but yeah, for sure. I think I agree with you, Mason. I think it shows when a game developer or, or publisher takes that extra mile. Um, I really like I as a person that spends a lot of money on games. Like it does make me feel really good when you see that. For you're, sure. Like, you're supporting. And I think that giving money to play dead is a good thing because you're supporting People that are very good at what they do, absolutely. And I think so. I actually had that literal thought as right. I was playing. Oh, yeah, as I was playing inside, and still was not sure. I knew I appreciated it and respected it, and wasn't sure if I liked it. Right. There was a moment where I was like, "But it was still worth it for me to spend twenty dollars on this because, goddamn, it's so well done." In the end, I ended up liking it a lot. But there was that moment halfway through where I was like, "I had the same thing with Firewatch, where mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I like this game, but." For fifteen dollars, yeah. I'm yeah, for I'm sure, a hundred percent on board for sure. And for twenty bucks, I think Inside is a great example of a game that's. Is that all it costs? It was twenty bucks. Wow, yeah, that was so worth super it. worth supporting that. Um, well, and I'm hoping that people will see these. Firewatch is what four hours, five hours. Firewatch was about four or five hours. But you know this game, I think that that uh, there's a huge desire in my life, and I think across games, I was like, I want just these short story games. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, I want to sit down, I want to bang it out, and. I would have chose better words. Probably, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's a very short story in that regard. Um, I'm saying Mason. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Um, I really want to play Abzu. What? Abzu's cool. It's like yeah. Journey. Yeah. I think you guys should play Journey. I, really, I, yeah. I want to. I don't I, have I a PS4. To, it comes out on the, PS4. It is, it is out right. right now on PS4. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't have a PS4. So come over to my house. <laughs> oh, come over to my house. I have a PS4. I forgot I had a PS4. <laughs> you can play on this PS4. And I'll play on my PS4. And you guys can I'll talk to each other it. through beeps and boops. But I don't that think, works. Yeah. I think that the cool thing about Journey is you hear these stories about, like, the way that Journey handles disconnects is cool. Yeah. Or, like, the the person just disappears and the rope collapses. Mm. And it's, like, this kind Ugh. of, like, potent moment. It's entirely artificial and entirely because some kid probably was like, gotta call me dinner, Jimmy! <laughs> like, some fucking bullshit. And then you yeah. have like but a the other side, house. you're like, my buddy! <laughs> yep. It's gone! But I still think it's, it's that things that games can... That's where I'm most fascinated with games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love... How it I can love appeal to real emotion. Areas, I, I link the games... And in order to push the medium and make cooler things happen, it's celebrating these games that do things that... Well, I love Watchmen as a comic. Mm-hmm. I think Watchmen's a great comic. I think the, I think the movie's a really good effort at making that into a mm-hmm. movie. But Watchmen is like one of those examples of like this is what a comic can do uh-huh. so well. That medium. This is what this medium. Mm-hmm. This is this medium. And Inside sounds like it's a good. Inside is a great example. Of, like this is yes, what we can do. This is sure. not what we can do. What they can do. What they can do. What what good developers in gaming can do. Absolutely for sure. Yeah. I think your journey example is interesting because that's using. An interaction and input and telling a story out of it. Right. Like, you know, Jimmy's going to go make dinner, but we still got a story out of it. Well, that's, that's fucking cool. It's kind of weird, too, because, like, there's this this kind of tension between, and we'll, we'll, we'll close up in a minute, we gotta go, of procedurally generated tech, like a No Man's Sky or a Spelunky or whatever, like how you can do, you can create massive scale 
with math in video games, but also these handcrafted moments like an inside can create such an impact. And I think that sooner than later, we're going to see someone figure out how to bridge those and make mm-hmm. these, this big experience that feels small. And like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but like basically one thing is like, I'm very excited for where games are going because I think that a lot of conversations are opening up around No Man's Sky and, and mm-hmm. around yep. the touch of a developer and the, the, the touch of a designer on a game. Um, not that that hasn't always been the case, but I think you're you're starting to see, like, No Man's Sky is a $60 game, and it's huge. It was a big release. Like A, a bunch of people bought it. Yeah. So I think some people will be hungry to see that done, done right. Mm. Also, I want to get No Man's Sky, but I'm going to wait for it <laughs> to be yeah. done. I think that's what we were what we were talking about earlier. It's like it's just that game got released, not finished. But because we live in this world where games can can be released and then get better over time, I think that game is going to get better over time for sure. I would be down to buy that once it gets better too. Me too. I I was. I think I'm down to buy it. I just think that it's such a big game that if they if they update it in a way that I would find interesting, yeah, and I put time into it now, I'm not going back to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I mean, I yeah, I got shit to do. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like someone I, I was reading the other day. They were making the comparison comparison that it's like Destiny in that regard. And I think That's of Alex. Don't the article. Um. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Alex, your experience with Destiny is very different than Mason's experience right. with Destiny because I think you got what you needed out of it early, didn't get what you hoped to get out of it early, put it down, and never went back yeah. to it. And I think that I think that there's a worry that with Destiny or with No Man's Sky. Um, that would happen if I were to buy it now. Right, I would right. I would play it for maybe 15 hours, say, okay, I get it, and then put it yeah. away, and I'd probably never go back to it. Yeah. And for 60 bucks, I want more out of it now. Right. And um, I know I can just wait. there's so much value in what it is now, but I still like, I agree. can't bring myself to do it. I agree. And same. Well, I'll be interested to see what Dylan talks about it. Yeah. He had it. All right, guys. Any, any last thoughts? Fuck Dan. <laughs>